Day 4 of Totus Tuus's Novena to Mary, Mother of Our Faith With Papa Francisco's encyclical, Lumen Fidei, The Light of Faith If you do not believe, you will not understand. The Greek version of the Hebrew Bible, the Septuagint translation made in Egyptian Alexandria, translates as such the words of the prophet Isaiah to King Ahaz. In this way, the question of the knowledge of truth came to be placed at the centre of faith. The Hebrew text, however, reads differently. In it, the prophet says to the king, If you do not believe, you shall not hold firm. Here there is a play on words with two forms of the verb aman. You will believe, ta aminu, and you shall hold firm, te amenu. Frightened by the power of his enemies, the king sought the security that an alliance with the great empire of Assyria could give. The prophet invited him to rely solely on the true rock that does not waver, the God of Israel. Because God is trustworthy, it is reasonable to have faith in him, to build one's security on his word. This is the God whom Isaiah will later twice call the God Amen the unwavering foundation of faithfulness to the covenant. It might be thought that the Greek version of the Bible, in translating to hold firm with to understand, worked a profound change on the text, moving from a biblical notion of trust in God to a Greek notion of understanding. However, this translation, which certainly accepts dialogue with Hellenistic culture, is no stranger to the deep dynamic of the Hebrew text. The firmness that Isaiah promises to the king passes, in fact, through an understanding of the action of God and of the unity that he gives to the life of man and to the story of the people. The prophet exhorts to understand the ways of the Lord, finding in God's faithfulness the plan of wisdom which governs the ages. St. Augustine expressed the synthesis of understanding and holding firm in his confessions, when he speaks of the truth on which one may rely in order to stay on one's feet. I will hold firm and be established in you, in your truth. From the context, we know that St. Augustine wanted to show the way in which this trustworthy truth about God is, as is clear in the Bible, his faithful presence throughout history, his capacity to hold together the times, gathering up the dispersion of man's days. Read in this light, the prophetic text leads to a conclusion. Man has need of knowledge, has need of truth, because without them he cannot support himself, he cannot move forward. Faith without truth does not save, does not render our steps secure. It remains a beautiful fairy tale, the projection of our desires for happiness, something that satisfies us only to the extent that we want to deceive ourselves. Or it is reduced to a nice feeling which comforts and warms, but remains subject to the vagaries of our spirit, to the variability of time, incapable of sustaining a constant pathway in life. If such were faith, 
King Ahaz would have been right not to stake his life and the security of his kingdom upon an emotion. But precisely because of its intrinsic connection with the truth, faith is able to offer a new light, superior to the king's calculations, because it sees further, because it includes the action of God, who is faithful to the covenant and to his promises. To recall this connection between faith and truth is today more necessary than ever, precisely because of the crisis of truth in which we live. In contemporary culture, there is a tendency for only technology to be accepted as truth. It is true that man succeeds at building and measuring with his science, true because it functions and thus renders life easier and more comfortable. Today, this seems the only certain truth, the only one that can be shared with others, the only one which we can discuss and engage in together. Then, from another angle, there are the truths of the individual, which consist of being authentic in front of that which each one feels inside, valid only for the individual, and which cannot be proposed to others with the pretext of serving the common good. The great truth, the truth which explains the whole of personal and social life, is viewed with suspicion. Was it not perhaps this, we ask ourselves, that the great totalitarian regimes of the last century claimed as truth, a truth that imposed its own world view so as to crush the concrete history of the individual? Hence, only a relativism remains in which the question of the truth of all, which is, at its base, the question about God, is no longer of interest. From this perspective, it is logical to want to cut the connection between religion and truth, because this link is at the root fanaticism, which wants to overpower anyone who does not share its own belief. In this regard, we can speak of a great oblivion in our contemporary world. The question of truth is, in fact, a question of memory, deep memory, because it is turned towards something that precedes it, and in this way may succeed in uniting us beyond our little and limited I. It is a question about the origin of all, in whose light can be seen the goal, and hence also the meaning of the common road. In this situation, can Christian faith offer a service to the common good as to the right way to understand truth? To answer this, it is necessary to reflect upon the type of knowledge proper to faith. An expression of St. Paul's can help us here. With the heart one believes. The heart, in the Bible, is the centre of man, where all his dimensions are interwoven, the body and the spirit, the interiority of the person and his openness to the world and to others, the intellect, the will, the affectivity, well, if the heart is capable of holding together these dimensions, it is because it is the place where we open up to truth and love and let them touch us and transform us deeply. Faith transforms the whole person exactly because it opens itself to love. It is in this interweaving of faith with love 
that the form of knowledge proper to faith is understood, its strength of conviction, its capacity to illuminate our steps. Faith knows inasmuch as it is linked to love, inasmuch as love itself bears a light. The understanding of faith is that which is born when we receive God's great love, which transforms us interiorly and gives us new eyes with which to see reality. The way in which the philosopher Ludwig Wittgenstein explained the connection between faith and certainty is well known. According to him, to believe is similar to the experience of falling in love, conceived as something subjective, impractical as a truth valid for everyone. To modern man, it seems that the question of love, in fact, has nothing to do with the true. Today, love is an experience linked to the world of inconstant feelings and no longer to truth. Is this really an adequate description of love? In reality, love cannot be reduced to a feeling that comes and goes. Yes, it touches our affectivity, but so as to open it to the person loved and to begin thus a pathway, which is a departure from the closure of one's own eye and to go towards the other person, so as to build a lasting relationship. Love aims for union with a person loved. Thus the sense in which love needs truth is revealed. Only inasmuch as it is founded on truth can love endure over time, go beyond the fleeting instant and remain firm so as to sustain a common pathway. If love does not have this rapport with truth, it is subject to change of feelings and will not survive the test of time. Instead, true love unifies all the elements of our person and becomes a new light towards a great and full life. Without truth, love cannot offer a solid bond, does not manage to lead the I out of its own isolation, nor to free it from the fleeting instant in order to build up life and bear fruit. If love needs truth, truth also needs love. Love and truth cannot be separated. Without love, the truth becomes cold, impersonal, oppressive for the concrete life of the person. The truth which we seek, that which offers meaning to our steps, illuminates us when we are touched by love. The one who loves understands that love is an experience of truth, that it opens our eyes to see all of reality in a new way, in union with the person loved. On this, St. Gregory the Great wrote that Amore ipse notitia est. Love itself is a knowledge, bears with it a new logic. It is a relational way of looking at the world, that becomes shared knowledge, a vision in the vision of another, and a common vision upon all things. William of Saint-Thierry, in the Middle Ages, followed this tradition when he commented on a verse in the Song of Songs, in which love says to the Beloved, Your eyes are the eyes of a dove. The two eyes, explains William, are believing reason and love, which become a single eye 
so as to reach the contemplation of God. When the intellect is made, intellect of an illuminated love. This discovery of love as fount of knowledge, which belongs to the original experience of every man, finds authoritative expression in the biblical concept of faith. By savouring the love with which God has chosen it and begotten it as a people, Israel comes to understand the unity of the divine plan from the origin to the accomplishment. The knowledge of faith through the fact of being born of the love of God who established the covenant is knowledge which illuminates a pathway in history. Moreover, this is why in the Bible truth and faithfulness go together. The true God is the faithful God, the one who keeps his promises and allows in time for his plan to be understood. Through the experience of the prophets, in the sorrow of exile and in the hope of a definite return to the holy city, Israel has intuited that this truth of God extends beyond its own history to embrace the entire history of the world, starting from creation. The knowledge of faith illuminates not only the particular root of a people, but the entire course of the created world, from its origin to its consummation. Precisely because the knowledge of faith is linked to the covenant with a faithful God, who weaves a relationship of love with man and addresses to him the word. It is presented in the Bible as a listening. It is associated with a sense of hearing. St. Paul will use a formula that became a classic. Fides ex auditu. Faith comes from hearing. Knowledge associated with the word is always personal knowledge, which recognizes the voice, opens itself to it in freedom, and follows it in obedience. Thus St. Paul spoke of the obedience of faith. Faith is, moreover, knowledge linked to the passage of time, in which the word needs to be pronounced. It is knowledge which is learned only on a pathway of following. The listening helps to depict well the connection between knowledge and love. As far as concerns the knowledge of truth, the listening has sometimes been opposed to the seeing, which was an aspect of Greek culture. If, on the one hand, light offers contemplation of the whole, to which man has always aspired, on the other, it does not seem to leave space for freedom, since it descends from heaven and arrives directly in the eyes, without asking the eyes to respond. Moreover, it would seem to invite a static contemplation, separated from the concrete time in which man benefits and suffers. According to this notion, the biblical approach to knowledge would be opposed to the Greek one, which, in the search for a complete comprehension of the real, joined knowledge to vision. It is, however, clear that this alleged opposition does not correspond with biblical data. The Old Testament combined both types of knowledge because the listening to the word of God is united to the desire to see his face. 
In this way, it was possible to develop a dialogue with Hellenistic culture, a dialogue that belongs to the heart of Scripture. The hearing attests to the personal call and to obedience, and also to the fact that the truth reveals itself in time. The vista offers the full vision of the entire route and allows it to be situated within the great project of God. Without such a vision, we would be left with only isolated fragments of an unknown whole. The connection between the seeing and the listening as organs of the knowledge of faith appears with most clarity in the Gospel of John. For the fourth Gospel, to believe is to listen, and at the same time to see. The listening of faith happens according to the form of knowledge proper to love. It is a personal listening which distinguishes the voice and recognises that of the Good Shepherd. A listening that requires to be followed, as happened with the first disciples, who, hearing him speak thus, followed Jesus. On the other hand, faith is also connected to vision. At times, the vision of the signs of Jesus preceded faith, as with the Jews who, after the resurrection of Lazarus, at the sight of what he had accomplished, believed in him. At other times, it is faith which leads towards a deeper vision. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. In the end, to believe and to see are intertwined. Whoever believes in me, believes in the one who sent me. He who sees me, sees the one who sent me. Thanks to this union with listening, to see becomes to follow Christ, and faith appears as the pathway of the gaze in which the eyes become accustomed to see in depth. And thus, on Easter morning, the story passes from John, who, still in the dark, before the empty tomb, saw and believed, to Mary Magdalene, who sees Jesus and wants to cling to him, but is invited to contemplate him on his pathway towards the Father. And it ends with the full confession of this same Magdalene before the disciples. I have seen the Lord. How is this synthesis between hearing and seeing achieved? It becomes possible by starting from the concrete person of Jesus, who is seen and heard. He is the Word made flesh, whose glory we have contemplated. The light of faith is that of a face in which the Father is seen. In fact, in the fourth Gospel, the truth grasped by faith is the manifestation of the Father in the Son, in His flesh and in His earthly deeds, a truth which can be defined as the luminous life of Jesus. This means that the knowledge of faith does not invite us to look at a purely interior truth. The truth that faith discloses to us is a truth centred on the encounter with Christ, on the contemplation of His life, on the perception of His presence. On this, St. Thomas Aquinas speaks of the Apostles' oculata fides, faith that sees, in front of the vision of the Risen One, 
they saw the risen Jesus with their own eyes and believed. That is, they were able to penetrate into the depths of what they saw, so as to confess the Son of God, seated at the right of the Father. Only in this way, through the Incarnation, through the sharing in our humanity, can the fullness of knowledge proper to love be reached. The light of love, in fact, is born when we are touched in the heart, receiving in us the interior presence of the Beloved, who allows us to recognize his mystery. So we can understand why, together with listening and seeing, faith is, for St. John, a touch, as he affirms in his first letter, that which we have heard, that which we have seen and touched with our hands, the word of life. With his incarnation, with his coming among us, Jesus has touched us, and through the sacraments, touches us today as well. In this way, by transforming our hearts, he has allowed us and allows us to recognize him and to confess him as the Son of God. With faith, we can touch him and receive the power of his grace. St. Augustine, commentating on the passage of the woman with the hemorrhages who touches Jesus so as to be healed, affirms, To touch with the heart, this is to believe. The crowd tightens around him but does not reach him with a personal touch of faith, which recognizes his mystery, his being the Son who manifests the Father. Only when we are configured to Jesus do we receive eyes adjusted to see this. To Mary, Mother of the Church and Mother of our faith, we turn in prayer. O Mother, help our faith. Open our listening to the Word, so that we may recognize the voice of God and His call. Awaken in us the desire to follow His steps, going forth from our own land and welcoming His promise. Help us to let ourselves be touched by His love, so that we may be able to touch Him with faith. Help us to entrust ourselves fully to Him, to believe in His love above all in moments of tribulation and of the cross, when our faith is called to mature. So in our faith, the joy of the risen one. Remind us that the one who believes is never alone. Teach us to look with the eyes of Jesus, that he may be light on our pathway. And may this light of faith always grow in us, until we arrive at that day without sunset, which is Christ himself, your Son, our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.